God is good, isn't he? God is good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love I love the challenge that comes. Uh, Some of the greatest revelations that God has ever given me, some of the most practical things that God has ever given me have come from uh, ministering to people one-on-one. Some of the greatest revelations and applications. In fact, those of you that were around years ago, we did What's in the Box. That whole What's in the Box was sparked from a time where I was counseling with somebody and the Lord gave me that right in the middle of counseling. The other day I was doing a Bible study with a a man that I've been working on now for a little while and we've been doing a Bible study with him and um, um, he he absolutely, when I say he knows nothing, literally he, he doesn't know Genesis from a hole in the ground. He has no clue. And so we've been talking about some things and um, uh, working through some things and um, in, in the process of that, I was talking to him about something, um, about uh, uh, the Lord was laying on my heart. And in that, God gave me something, and I want to share it with you uh, today. There's several scriptures I want to use as our foundation for the next few minutes. The first one being John chapter 18. John chapter 18, this is, a, uh, this is at the trial of Jesus Christ when Pilate is going back and forth with Jesus, and there's this whole discussion going on. And verse 37 says this, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. Everybody say that with me. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into this world, that I should bear witness to the truth. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, What is your life? For you are mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And finally, back to the Gospels, Mark chapter 8, verse number 36. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? I want to ask you this question or challenge you with this question. I was born for this. And not born, I'm not making that as a, as, a, as a statement. I'm making that as a question that we often ask ourselves. I was born for this? Mark Twain once said this. He said there are two great days in a person's life. The day they were born and the day that we discover why. One is easier than other. You see, one is the date and time, March 10th. April 6th, June 11th, for me, September 12th. It's a moment we celebrate every year because it was the moment that marks our birth. It was the date and time we made our first public appearance. That date's easy, but the other one's not. You see, the problem is, it's not a literal date at all. I'm going to be a little slow this morning, but I want to lay a foundation. The second one is not really a date at all. We can mark the day we were born. My kids are constantly asking. We go through this seemingly once a month. We go through the birthday list. And they now have discovered that Alexa or Siri 
will give them the exact number of days to their birthday. So they torture themselves. My son, you'll hear him downstairs. Alexa, how many days to May 1st? You have 207 days to May 1st. Dad, it's almost my birthday. <laughs> well, not quite. We need to learn time a little bit. Because we understand that that day marks something of significance. That day we can mark, this was the day and time I came to this earth. But there's two days, the day I was born and the day I discover why. One can be marked on a calendar. The other one really is not a day at all. Because it's the moment in my life when I finally figured out why God put me on this earth. It's the reason when I discover why out of 7.5 billion people floating on this speck of dirt in the universe, I matter. That I'm not just here to put in time. I'm not just here as a faceless person in the mass of humanity. Two days in your life, the day you were born and the day you discover why. You see, here's the point. The first day explains your presence on earth. The second explains your purpose on earth. One, the problem is it often takes a long time to discover where, why you were born. On April 18th, 2013, Sean Collier was assigned to the intersection at, a, at the campus of MIT in Boston. Three days before that, two bombers had set off a bomb at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. Many of you remember that moment or remember hearing about that moment. Two men set off pipe bombs at the finish line at the Boston Marathon. They were on the run. A massive manhunt had put the entire city on a virtual lockdown. And Sean Collier was sitting at his patrol car on this Thursday evening watching this intersection. And as he sat there watching, the two bombers crept up alongside of his patrol car, shot him five times. And later on that night, he died at the hospital at 27 years old. That's not the point of the statement I'm making. A little while after that, the chief of police said of this, Sean was one of those guys who really looked at police work as his calling. He was born to be a police officer. It's really hard to imagine a finer tribute to a human being that gave his life in the line of duty than to say Sean Collier was born to be a police officer. You often hear that of soldiers who paid the ultimate sacrifice in war. You will say, their parents will say, that my son or my daughter, they were born to be a soldier. They were born to be a sailor. They were born to be a Marine. They were born for this. You hear sometimes we say, she was born to be a mother. He was born to play baseball. LeBron James was born to play basketball. She was born to be this. He was born to be that. What were you born to do? The problem is that's a hard question. And most of us will spend the rest of our life trying to ask that question. What was I put on this earth to do? Can I challenge you for a moment today? What you do as your profession was not why you were put on this earth. 
No matter how noble your profession is today, no matter if your profession helps people, you are not put on this earth by God just to occupy a place and time, collect a paycheck, put enough days in so you can reach the time in which you can retire and sit at home and do nothing, and that's why you are here. In fact, if I could sort of, in, in all my years of pastoring now, and it's and, and, and we're going over a decade of being a pastor and, and talking with people and helping people and sharing with people. If I could narrow down everything that I've ta- I've ministered and talked to people one on one, if I could narrow it all down to one thing, and I could say sum it up, sum it up in one question, the question would be simply this: Lord, what do you want me to do? Most people are searching and trying to find, God, what do you want me to do? God, what's my purpose? God, what is this? Because we look at our life the way we are. We look at our circumstances and we question, God, is this why I was born? We look at our hurt. We look at our pain. We look at our regrets. We look at our circumstances. We look at our abuses. We look at our failures. And we question and ask God, is this why we were born? Is this it? We look and then the problem is we look over somebody across and go, man, I know why they were born. Look at all they're doing. But God, I've got the short end of the stick. Is this really what I was born for? That's somebody who has not found their purpose. Jesus said, for this cause was I born. For this cause was I brought to this earth. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 promise us this. If we will put our trust in the Lord, He will make our way straight. But how does He do that? Really quickly, this is not where I'm going, but look at this. Seven fundamental facts about God's guidance in our life. Fact number one, He can put you exactly where He wants you to be. I'm going to have the time to elaborate on these talks. I'm going somewhere else, but I want to throw these out there. Number two, he can arrange all the details in your life years in advance. God already knows your future. He's already got it working. Number three, he can open doors that seem shut, bolted, nailed, and locked. Number four, he can remove any obstacle in your way. Now what's this? Here's number five, ready? He can take your choices and fit them into His plan so that you end up at the right place at the right time. Do you know God can use your will against you? God can say, you don't want to do that? Okay, sure. We're like the little mouse going through the maze chasing the cheese. We think we're free. But God says, okay, you know what? I can't violate your will, but I'm going to sure make it tight for you. And we think we are free as a jailbird, man. We are like, this is great. I'm in control of my own life. And next thing you know, we come to the end and go, wait a minute. How did God do that? More importantly, he can, number six, he can take your mistakes and bring good out of them. And number seven, finally, he can take the tragedy, take your tragedy and use it for good and his glory. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, This, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. He can open doors. He can do all these things. So let's get back to the question. Do you know why you were born? Sometimes, for some of us, we find that call quite early in life. 
Sometimes that answer doesn't come to later in life. Probably in this room, all of us are, are in that quest. Some may have found it, some may have not, but we're all at different stages in that. It has nothing to do with the fact of how old we are, how many days we've ticked off from the calendar. It really goes beyond that. Because here's the thing, you'll find that you're calling Sometimes others see it before you do. Sometimes circumstances of life reveal it to you. And oftentimes people sense it before you do. You ever heard the term? We'll say it a lot of times, especially in church world. You know what? The hand of God's on your life. What does that mean? Who said to someone, there's a hand of God on your life. There's an anointing on your life. What does that mean? That means we can sense there's something, there's a purpose in your life. i got to be honest with you. When we say that, you go, okay, I get that, but I don't know what that means. Some of you in here today, someone's told you, you know what? Something special about you. There's something on your knife. I want to go back for just a moment, lay a foundation for the next just a mo- few moments There's a man in the Bible that fits into this category here. He never knew his purpose until many years later in his adult life. And really, as the series of events unfolded, a lot of them were out of his control. And I don't think as they unfolded, he really understood the full purpose. Genesis 37 verse 2 says this, 1 and 2. Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. This verse tells us three things. Number one, he's 17. Number two, he's working the family business. And number three, he has no clue of the purpose of his life on this earth. Doesn't have a clue. Sometimes likes like that. We don't have a clue. We don't understand it. Because you see, a lot of times, you don't discover God's will. God's will discovers you. We're waiting for the aha moment that never comes. Because really, finding your purpose is a lot more like a sunrise than a sunburst. Discovering God's purpose in your life is a lot more like a sunrise than a sunburst because it really is more like when you see the break of the light, see light reveals. But when you look at a sunrise, that your sun doesn't just appear at noon in the sky. You don't just wake up and it's pitch black and then bright light. It reveals itself slowly, little by little. And if you go back to the story of Jacob or Joseph, you find that in Joseph's life, his purpose was revealed step by step out of the darkness. And little by little, as light revealed, it didn't cause him to wake up one day and go, I know why I'm here. A lot of times, knowing that he was a human, he probably questioned, what did I do wrong? I've often thought about the fact of if he was anything like us when he was sitting at the bottom of the pit after his brothers had thrown him in there, he probably was saying, you know, Joseph, you just, you, you just keep your dumb mouth shut. Just don't say anything next time. When God shows you something, don't tell anybody because you got yourself in this big problem because you're opening up your big fat mouth and now you're sitting here. That's probably some ways he had to be thinking that at least for five minutes. And I love the whole story because, hey, they go, hey, you doing okay down there? We're going to get you out. Oh, thank you. They come to their senses. 
I don't know if they threw a rope down there or whatever happened. But as they climbed out of that hole and he saw all these guys sitting around, he goes, what, what are they doing here? Well, we got you out, but we sold you. Can you imagine as he was chained, lashed as a prisoner, going to be sold in slavery in Egypt? He was thinking, I was born for this. Yes. Man, look at me. I was born for this. I am special. You think that's what he was thinking? He was thinking, was really, I was brought in this earth to end up a slave in Egypt? Are you kidding me? And you ever had those moments where you think you found your purpose, but realized it was only a step? And a step backwards? Because, right, here he goes, right? He didn't understand his purpose. But then he goes to the auction block, you know, can I get five, 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 ten, 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 ten? Potiphar says, we'll take him. Potiphar's a powerful man. Maybe that's my purpose. I finally find it. God did all this because he wants me to be in Potiphar's house because he wants a, a child of the king in Potiphar's house. And he's in there, you know, things are going great. He's like, you know what? I've got my purpose. I found it. And old, Potiphar, and old Potiphar's wife, I wonder if she called him Potty for short. Potty's wife pulled the old switcheroo on Joseph. And next thing you know, guess what? Back in the prison. And Brother Trombley said, now I know this can't be the purpose of God because God's all about elevation, not demotion. And we know that if we're not being elevated, it ain't God. God wants me to be at the top of the food chain. God wouldn't want me to go back down in prison. I was already a slave. He could have kept me a slave. Why am I in prison? I wonder how many times Joseph laid on the hard floor of that prison closing his eyes remembering the smell of that coat his father gave him remembering the, the fresh breath air of the shepherd standing in front of his flock out in the middle of nowhere thinking how did I get here and really questioning is this why I was born Was this really why I was put here? Was I really put on this earth to be a prisoner? If you walked up to Joseph and said, Hey, Joseph, 17-year-old boy, what are you, what's your purpose in life? Well, I don't know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm a shepherd. That's what I'm doing. That's my purpose in life. If you'd have walked up to Joseph, the prisoner, and said, Joseph, what's your purpose in life? He'd said, I don't know. I think I've given up hope finding it. I don't know anymore when I thought I knew and God gave me this vision and now it's gone. And as you follow him through a knife, you find Joseph went all this stuff from Jacob's favorite son to being betrayed by his brothers to sold into slavery, purchased by Potiphar, rising in Potiphar's house, being falsely accused by Potiphar's right, thrown in prison, meeting a baker and a butler, being forgotten by the butler, standing before Pharaoh, becoming the prime minister of, of Egypt, to meet his brothers, to be put on the purpose of being the one that was willing to forgive, to save a people. I wonder if why he was willing to forgive his brothers was because somewhere in that back and forth with his brothers, and this is speculation, just work with me for a minute, if in that moment, when he told his brothers to go away, 
he looked at himself in the proverbial mirror and said, Joseph, this is why you were born. It makes sense now. You see, if I'd have judged him, if you'd have judged himself based off where he was, he would have never understood the purpose for which he was born. Back in 1936, there was a man by the name of Leo Hustleman. 1936, Leo Hustleman created what became known as the Solo Cup Company in his garage. They began to market disposable cups. In the 1970s, his son, Robert, created what has become known as the iconic Red Solo Cup. Here's the beauty about this thing. Work with me for a second. Somebody help me out. Give me some other uses for this cup other than whole drink. One, some of you may use it. Put pens in. Ink. The other day I was doing a counseling session. There was a red solo cup with a bunch of ink pens. Someone else, what do you use it for? Plant a plant. Love that. Games. Change. Hey, see, I'm telling you, all creative. Someone else. Popcorn. Ice cream. Cereal. What else? Huh? Target practice. My goodness, we don't need to know what you're shooting. What else? Nails. You want to hammer a nail with this? Oh, hold a nail. Okay, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, holding nails. Got you. You know what? I seriously, you know, it sounds funny. You know what? Really, these are good for. Put your phone out in it in amplification. Seriously. So now, anybody else got one? Huh? We got the nuts and bolts and screws. Oh, stacking? Art? I know. They make wreaths. Have, go online and look at Solo Cup art. It's legit, man. I mean, it is amazing. That probably gets us good enough. Look at this. All of these up here examples, which we probably can have more if we spent time. I looked up online and someone had 63 uses of solo cups. You know what? Each one of those is actually a legit deal. And each one of those actually gives this cup purpose. And it's actually okay. You can use it for that. It's not a problem. Use it for your pins. Use it for your change. Use it for your cereal. Use it for target practice. Use it forever you want. It's okay. It can work. It works. It's not a problem. It works. In fact, if we put our heads together, I'm sure we could probably come up with enough uses to line this whole entire platform of all the different uses we could come up with for solo cups. But when Robert Hustleman went and designed this cup. He designed it for one purpose. That was to hold liquid. 
Even though you can use it for all kinds of different purposes, it's really designed to do one thing. To hold liquid. We won't ask what kind of liquid you've been drinking out of Solo Cup. We know. They've been around from the 70s. Y'all ain't all speaking in tongues since 1970. Hallelujah. Praise the Jesus. Woo. We just need a moment right there. Let's all come to the Lord right now. Bring all of our gifts. Give it to Jesus. That's it. Let's turn it over to him. It's designed and built for a purpose. To hold liquid. Even though you can use it for all these things and find justification for the purpose in which all of these were used and actually they work quite well for these things. But that's not what they were built for. And you can use cups and you can go to the grocery store and you can go to Walmart and you can buy stacks of these things and you can find purpose for these things all over your house. But it wasn't built for those purposes. It was built to hold liquid. It was built to hold liquid. It was built to be a container to hold. It was built for this. Now, of all these cups, do you know what makes this cup different than all the other cups? Even though they all look the same, it's not the way they look that makes the difference. It's the purpose in which they're being used for. It's what makes the difference. You can put them all up there and you can light them up and they can all look the same. And you go, see, they're all the same. No, honey, they're not. Because all these may be used for other things, but there's only one up here that's fulfilling its true purpose. Holy Ghost is in here. So you know what? You can chase your life with purpose after 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 purpose. Chasing your life, trying to find what's my purpose when God has a purpose for you that he's called you to be. And until you find that purpose that's built in the framework of God. You'll never understand it. So you know what? You can be content being a change holder. You can be content being a pen holder. You can be content being a popcorn holder. You can be content being a game. You can be being content being a, an amplifier of sound. You can be content holding nuts and bolts and cereal and all this other stuff we came up with and more and more and more. And you can say, look, I've lived a productive life. You're right. You've lived a productive life, but you haven't reached your full calling of what God has called you to be. Even though if you looked at them, they looked the same. I looked at you right now, you couldn't tell the difference between the one fulfilling its purpose and the one it's not because they look the same. It's not our job to get everyone to look like a red solo cup and then we sit back and we pat ourselves on our religious backs and go, wow, we have done a tremendous job. Look at the solo cups that fill up Sunday mornings. We are not accomplishing what God has put us in this place for until we find out that we were called for a purpose. You see the problem is, somewhere along the way, it often changes. You might start off as a change collector. And then God says, okay, 
I need to put some popcorn in you. And you go, I was born to be a popcorn holder? And God says, okay, dump the popcorn out and I'll give you some bolts, nuts, and screws. I got a good one for you. How about thumbtack holder? That's the pain portion of the program. Where things just point at you. They hurt. You're fulfilling a purpose right now. You're holding pain. But eventually, you're going to dump out those thumbtacks. You might get some good old soggy frosted flakes. You might dump that out and move on to something else. And as you go down the line and the sun rises on your life, little by little, you'll find that all of these things were not really what you were born for. But there will be a point in time where you will find, I was born for this. You see, the problem is we're judging our life because we see all of these Stages that are empty. We're saying, this is why I was born. Is this why I was born? 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 And God's saying, no, I called you to be this. That's why I called you to be. And until you find this answer, I better like show you this. This is going to look terrible online. There's water in here. It's like, hey, everybody, come to Sundays. It's a great day. We'll have like 7,000 people here next week. I love that church. They're giving red solo cups. (laughs) This is dangerous. I should have made them clear. The point of the matter is, is this, this cup, even though it looks like every other cup, has moved beyond because it's serving the purpose in which it was built. Why were you here? Why were you put on this earth? To what point were you put on this earth? Well, you know, I was put on here because I was designed to be a mother. I was put on this earth because I was to be a a good this or good that. Yeah, no, you're right. You were designed for, yes, but that's a stage. That's not the purpose. There's a purpose. You know what's amazing about this? All the little tiny different things about this cup are built to enhance its purpose and make it better. You see, the point of the matter is, I'm trying to finish. If you look at this cup, it's got these little holders, these little nice grippy things for. If you're using it for a pen holder, you look at that and go, that doesn't make any sense. Why do I even need that? Because the purpose in which you're using it for doesn't enhance the full features of the cup. And therefore, instead of looking at the purpose, you start questioning the cup. Who thought a red solo cup could preach so good? You see, why do I need these things in my life? Why do I need these shapes and, and ribs and, 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 and grips and all this stuff in my life? Why do I need all this in my life? All I'm doing is holding pins. I need, I don't need this. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense, Brother Trombley, because I'm not understanding the purpose of why I was here. I don't understand the purpose, and therefore I question why I was born this way. 
I question why I was put on this earth. Why do I have this? Why did I come from this family? Why did God allow me to go through this sorrow? Why did God allow me to go through this tragedy? Why did God allow this hurt? Why did God allow my father to be this way? Why did God allow my mother to be this way? Why did God allow them to do that to me? Why, 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 why? You say that because you don't know the purpose of the pain. Because the purpose and all that is because God is fashioning you to become what he's called you to be. When you don't see that and don't find that, you question the why. Why do I need this? Why? Why does it have to have all these weird little special things to them? Why can't I be like this and like this? Well, the red solo cup says to the yellow solo cup, why can't I be like you? Because you were born for a purpose. Do you know that you were born for a purpose? God told the prophet, I knew you from your mother's womb. All of the stuff, Sister Jetty, of all the craziness and the little bit of glimpses I got from your life, outside and void of the purpose of God makes no sense why God would let a human being go through so much of that. But when you match your history with his purpose, you see the beauty that it makes. And you would not be the person you are today in the purpose of God if it wasn't for all that. All the pain, all the rejection. I don't know, we're just, just me and you, just forget them for a minute. All the pain, all the rejection, all the hurt, all that all the time growing up and all the stuff you went through as a little girl. And you're like, God, that's what I was, I was born to be abused. I was born to be neglected. I was born to be hurt. Why? God said, you weren't born for that, but I'm using that to shape your purpose. I was using that for the shape, the purpose. Why? Why this? Why that? Why am I in this prison, God? Why, God, did you let me succeed in Potiphar's house only to be knocked back down here, God? Why was I born? Why did you give me a dream? You should have let me be a shepherd like everybody else in my family. I'd have been happy with that. But you're the one that gave me the dream. You're the one that gave that to me. All I did was share it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't come begging for it. You gave it to me and all it brought me was pain, heartache, problems, pressure. But when he stood there on that day, looked at his young brother, Benjamin, and looked at his other brothers that were standing there asking, we need help. He knew at that moment, I was born for this. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, are you this? Are you that? And he stood there knowing what was before him. And Jesus looked back at Pilate and said the words, for this cause. Was I born? For this cause was I brought into this world. What do you mean? I thought Jesus healed the sick. I thought Jesus raised the dead. I thought Jesus did all those miracles. No, 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 no. You're not getting all those were vehicles to get him to that point. Because those vehicles brought him to a cross where he could finally say, I've come to seek and save. For this cause was I born.
Why are you here today? Are you here today to just somehow find out how to be a, bed, a better pen holder? Are you here today to find out how to hold more popcorn? Are you here today to find out how you can be a better change holder? Are you here today to find out how to be a better red solo cup? Are you here today to say, God, reveal to me who you've called me to be? Why do you think we're doing discipleship? What do you think we've emphasized discipleship? Because the discipleship is a quest that we all go on to discover why we were put on this earth. I got to be honest with you. Some of you, you're miserable right now on the inside. Your life is unsatisfied. You know why? Because you've, you've just become content holding change. And the devil comes alongside and says to you, see, I knew it. That's all you're good for. You'll just be a change holder for the rest of your life. And you go, see. And so what do you do? You look at yourself and go, I got nothing. But you know what? I say this and I close. Do you know how you, the first step in finding your purpose? I need something to put in this cup. Anybody got some change? Anybody got it? Just five or six coins. We don't need a lot. You've got a change purse. My goodness. Bless you, Lord. Look at that. Just falling out. It's like, you got any, I'll, I'll take some. There we go. Oh, look at that. I'm doing a collection. This is it. Start taking offerings this way. That's it. Red solo cups. Offering baskets. That's awesome. I didn't even think about that. Hold on a second. I got to put another one out there for that one. We didn't even. Offering. Hopefully a lot more than that, but we'll just stick with that one for now. Here's the deal. How do I go from how do I go from this to this? I've got to I've got to empty out some things in my life so that God can fill me up with what I've been called to be. I can't find my purpose when I'm filled with all of my stuff in my life. I've got to empty out so that he can put back in me what he's called me to be. You can't find your purpose unless there's an emptying out process. Call it emptying out. Call it dying. Call it whatever you want. Use whatever metaphor you want. But the first thing you've got to do is empty out yourself so that he can fill you with your purpose. Right where you are, would you bow your heads to the Lord? And in this last five minutes, I want you to do something with me. I want you to allow the Holy Ghost to take a quick inventory of your life. I don't want you to allow the Holy Ghost to bring some light to your life right now. Are there things in your life that you're collecting but you know deep down inside, this is not the purpose I was called for. And the question I have for you today is, are you willing to let go of some of those things so that God can reveal to you your purpose? Are you willing to let go of some things so God can show you who he's called you to be? But the first thing he's got to do, there's got to be some emptying out. You can't find it unless you're first willing to empty. Call it emptying, call it dying, call it repenting, call it something. But there's got to be 
something in me that causes me to open up my heart so that he can take things out so he can put the right things in. I'm not saying today that when you leave here, all the questions of life are going to be answered and you'll know the purpose. But my question to you today is when you leave here, you'll be one step closer because you know what you're not called to be. You see, you can't find out who you are until you first come to peace with who you're not. You can't find out who you are until you first come to peace with who you're not. That's the first step today I'm asking you. I'm not saying today that you're going to have all your destiny revealed in the next 30 seconds. I'm saying to you today, let's start to come to peace with who we're not and what we're not called to be. I'm not called to be a change collector. I'm not called to be this. I was called to be something. I don't know where it is. I'm in a prison right now. I'm in Potiphar's house. I know this is not it. Can't be it. I don't know what it is. But this is not it. But I'm going to keep walking in him until I find that purpose. And then one day, there's going to be a point in time where you're going to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I was born for this moment. I was born for this day. I was born for this calling. I was born for this purpose. Would you join with me and just stand all over this place? I wonder if you could just tell the Lord one more time to say, God, I surrender to you. I surrender to the cross. I surrender to the dying process. I surrender to you. Because, God, I know I can't find what you called me to be as long as I'm trying to do it on my own. But I need you. I need you. I need you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we've come to you today. God, you have called us, chosen us. Some of us, you have destined things beyond what we can even imagine it to be. But God, don't let us be satisfied with just being a change holder when you've called us to a greater purpose. I pray in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word, faith would rise in our hearts today. God, forgive us that we've allowed things in our life to cloud our purpose. Forgive us that we've allowed things of this world to cloud our purpose. We're not a sports fan. We're not a movie lover. That's not what we're called to be. We're called to be what you've made us to be. And God, sometimes those things get in our way. But God, I pray today that you would help us, that we can be and find who you've called us to be. Help us today. Help us today. Sit. Can you sing this with me? I will be what you've called me to be. I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire is passionately is to be what you call me to be. 
that's what I'll be. Sing it one more time. And I will be what you called me to be. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire is passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be one more time. Well, and I will be what you call me to be. I'll say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. Can we thank him right now one last time? Can we thank him right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Really quickly, don't forget, we've got offering if you like to give. And we've got the Veterans Day flyers. Please take them and give them today. Please help us out. God bless you.